Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Well, hello and welcome back to Ayers on the Road. We have been on the road a lot this week. Back and um, forth to family functions and, and a lot of the camp. same thing. Girls camp. <laughs> I've been running all over the countryside to girls camp. On we weren't summers. allowed to do overnights this t- this time, so we did something in the day, and then we went home, went to bed, then we went back. <laughs> Crazy, but so much fun with these young women. And busy times with our families, too. We're sure a lot of you are just kind of warming up to the new schedule of no school, and although we're pretty warmed up to that anyway from the pandemic, but here we go. Hopefully a good normal summer for so many of you. And Linda, you know, one thing we usually do right after we finish doing a radio show or a podcast is we, we create a little blurb, a little three or four line thing that sort of describes that day's topic. And today I think we want to read it to you in advance because this will give you an introduction to what we want to talk about today. So listen to this and then we'll go from there. It is natural to try to emulate a parent. To those who believe in a parental God, striving to be like him is a reasonable and approachable goal. On today's show, the Ayers, we're going to discuss a list of important personal changes that happen in one who believes in heavenly parents. Many of you who listen each week know that we've been on this theme or this series. It's, it's a wonderful thing to contemplate. Uh, for many of us, this is where our faith really lies. And for some, it's just interesting to contemplate the possibility that when we say heavenly father in our prayers, we are speaking literally and that perhaps we really are the spirit children of a heavenly parental God. And that's the theme we've been on for a couple of weeks. And today we wanted to get rather practical and rather sort of down to earth in terms of that discussion and and ask the question, what would change in us if we really internalize the idea that we are children of God? How would that impact us? How would it change us? And we had quite an interesting discussion along those lines um, up at Bear Lake, beautiful Bear Lake in, in, on the border of Utah and Idaho, just a week or so ago with, I would say, Linda, eight of the brightest couples, young couples. I say young, most of them in their late 30s, early 40s, but very, very thoughtful, very spiritual couples. And... Uh, wouldn't you say that was quite a remarkable discussion? It was really amazing. We did have one older couple. Oh, um, that's right. We had two older yeah, not couples really older, counting two, us. Two with us, yeah. <laughs> that's uh, right. But we were the ninth. Uh, but anyway, it was really uh, quite remarkable. They're beautiful young young people. I mean, we call them young because they're only in their 30s and 40s. But uh, it, it's, it was so fascinating to talk with them. And we really take a deep dive. What the subject was, of course, and this is, you know, sort of on our minds constantly lately. So the subject of the discussion, uh, which lasted a couple hours and was really wonderful. But the subject was this this concept of a parental God, of heavenly parents. And um, 
We've also been doing this as a, as a, a series in Meridian Magazine online. Some of you who may not be familiar with that ought to maybe chime in or look in on, if you just put in Meridian Magazine, uh, it'll come right up and, and our, our little, uh, the written counterparts to this podcast are showing up there. And, and we started off this discussion I'm speaking of the other night by reading a little feedback that we got from a person who had been reading this series and listening to Ayers on the Road. And, and he said something we thought was really, really beautiful. And let, let us just read it to you. He said, I've noticed that reading your articles has created in my mind a much more tender and appreciative attitude toward my wife. I've looked at her in a new way. I hope this will last. So do I. <laughs> yeah, you too. Um, I don't know about anyone else, but your series has moved me closer to Christ and closer to my wife, both of which are highly positive outcomes and for which I thank you. That really touched thank us you. because that's, you know, it's one thing to theorize or to discuss or think about God and who he is and, and how he might relate to us and we might relate to him and so on. But when it starts affecting our lives, how we think, and in this man's case, how he thinks about his wife and how he thinks about Christ, then that is really becoming something that's important and that's, and that's deep. And, and perhaps, Linda, that's why Christ himself in the New Testament said, this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. In other words, as we strive to know God, not only know about him, but know him through our prayers and so on, what it does is it changes us, of course. It does, and um, of course we have nothing really... Um, <laughs> We don't have any absolute information. <laughs> uh, we do have, we do, the, the fact that uh, our parents in heaven exist and that they love us and that they are watching out for us and so on. But uh, it really does change the way you think about your prayers when you are really contemplating it. And, and even how you think about the scriptures, right? Like if, we, if we're reading in the New Testament or in the Old Testament or if we're reading... Um, other sacred writings and works, if we're thinking of the God who they are all essentially about as a creator, that's wonderful. And we believe that indeed he is our creator. If you're thinking about him as a king, uh, the king of the universe, that I'm sure that's accurate as well. But it's not nearly as intimate as thinking of him as a father. And I think that's why the Lord's Prayer is so carefully um, given as an example by Christ, our Father which art in heaven. And when we think, when we focus our minds on the parental aspect of God rather than the other characteristics he may have or the other ways we might know him, it becomes intimate and it becomes very, very beautiful. And so um, what we'd like to do is... And, and you mentioned a good caution, Linda. You know, there's nothing wrong with wanting to know more about God and more about our heavenly parents. In fact, that's a wonderful thing to want to know more about, and it's wonderfully motivational. But there is something wrong with suggesting we know more about our heavenly parents than we do 
or with in any way shifting our worship focus away from our Heavenly Father we pray to and from Christ who is our Savior and mediator. And now again, we, we, you know that ours on the road is about families and it's about parenting and it's about marriage and it's about practical improving of our relationships. But what we're really saying, I think, Linda, can we, do we dare be this bold? The ultimate model of, of parenting is God. And the ultimate model, even of marriage and relationships, we believe, is that of our heavenly parents. Even though we may not know a lot of detail about them, we, we know a lot about Heavenly Father and a lot about Christ. And we know that Christ is like his Father. So as we focus on that, but thinking of it intimately and in a parental way, it really begins to change not only who we are, but how we act in our marriages, how we how we understand our own relationships and how we raise our children. It does. It makes me wonder if um, uh, we just, a lot of these things we just haven't thought of before um, as we've been really studying this and, and learning more about it. I wonder um, if we, if we have parents that weren't, uh, you know, really great parents. <laughs> if, yeah, we, or if our earthly parents, did, our you know, earthly parents, yes. didn't measure up didn't in a lot measure of ways, up or, and, and no and, earthly parents are perfect, then then we can go to these parents, which is comforting and uh, a solace. I think everybody views that differently according to their earthly parents. Maybe I mean it really is interesting because yeah, that's, we that's, we both had wonderful parents. Didn't have them very long. In my case, my father passed when I was very, very young. And I think in some, you're right, I think in some ways that made me yearn for my heavenly father even more because I didn't have an earthly father. Right. But I think everybody um, casts their own life history on their heavenly parents. And it means something different to someone who's had loving, wonderful parents their whole lives than it does maybe to some who have lived in abusive homes and so on. But the point is that we do need that heavenly ex- experience in our in our lives. Well, we need to feel that they're nurturing, that they're loving, other than right. just that they're going to they're going to be so mad at us if we do something <laughs> wrong and that they're going to be uh, vengeful and those kinds of things which is just kind of a sad scenario. Well, that's that's exactly right, Linda. That, you know, if we think of God as judgmental, which he may be in some ways, but when we think of that, then, then it engenders guilt within us and, and, and frustration and insecurity. But when we think of God as a parent, then we understand how forgiving God is and how and how we can always improve. And, you know, you also made me think of we know some we know some people who are raised in in foster homes and who actually do not know their birth parents at all and it's interesting how children and and young adults in that setting they have this yearning to find their true parents right right and in a spiritual way i think we all have a yearning to find our true heavenly parents our true heavenly father and and that's a beautiful thing so anyway Let's let's turn to this question. We we mentioned this group we were with at Bear Lake, and and we threw out this this question to them 
Um, in fact, let, let, let me, let's read a little description of what actually took place in that meeting, and it'll lead right into kind of a remarkable um, list. Uh, so here, here's, here's what we wrote about this. Um, we asked the group to try to put themselves into the mind of persons of any faith anywhere in the world who have always thought of God as a distant, powerful creator, and then try to imagine what would happen to their souls if they found and embraced the concept of personal and literal heavenly parents. What we asked might change within them. Uh, what would that new paradigm of belief bring about in their hearts and minds? Here are the answers the group came up with. We were taking notes, and these are, we're going to read you this quite remarkable list of, of what they thought might change within a person who suddenly shifted his paradigm and thought, I believe that the God that I worship is actually a parent. What would that do within this person? And we've only got uh, a couple of minutes till we take a break. So let's read you one or two of these, then we'll take a little break and then we'll come back and finish the list because it was a remarkable list that they came up with. And the first one was, they would feel a much greater sense of self-worth, viewing themselves as actual children of God. That might be the most important. That was the first one that yeah. anyone mentioned. Yeah. And that might be the most obvious and the most beautiful one. They would, they would, If they thought that their, their God that they worship was actually their heavenly parent, imagine what that does. And again, this is a person who just discovers this paradigm. How does he change his sense of self-worth? Let's take that little break right now, honey, and then come back and read this whole list of how that might change a person's soul. So stick with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we're back. We uh, hope that you have... Uh, found us again uh, since that short break and we are talking about something that is really important in our lives all of our lives today especially as parents and as and as marriage partners but basically just as children of God so again just to reintroduce this is a group and we're asking them the question if you were a person of faith but your faith was rather general just in some amorphous God and now you discovered or came to believe that God was literally a heavenly parent, how would that impact you? And we're reading this list, and we've just read the first one. It would give you a, 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 a greater sense of self-worth. Let's alternate and read what the other things this group came up with. They'd become more tolerant and loving of their fellow men, now viewed as literal brothers and sisters, thus becoming more likely to forgive others and to love them. It would be almost impossible to have prejudice and bigotry if you really believed that God is a parent and that all of us are his children. Then everyone you meet, even the most different person imaginable from you, you would understand that was your sibling. That was your brother right. or your sister. Right. Boy, you know, we've gone through so much of that this year with the Black Lives Matter and all those things are so amazing De amazingly divisive yeah and yeah. if we can just look at those people as our brothers and i know some of them are naughty 
And And some of us are. And some of us are naughty. (laughs) And uh, we have to reorganize our minds and realize that everyone we see is um, our brother or sister. This is the uniting thought. This is the one thing that could bring this world together. Anyway, let's get distracted. Let's continue the list. Next one, they would feel the unconditional love of that parental God. They would better understand forgiveness and feel less guilt. Think how important that is. If you really think of God as a heavenly parent, you understand how he can forgive you, even when you can't forgive yourself. Even if you've had parents who are wrathful. Yeah. I mean, this is a different dimension completely. So again, if you believe truly in a parental God, next thing, it would seem natural that there was a pre-mortal life where we lived with those heavenly parents. I mean, if we really believe in God as a heavenly parent, we, we came from him. We were there with him. There was, a, there was a life before this life. That would suddenly seem natural to believe. With them, yeah. It would also make logical sense that this parental God has a plan for our happiness. He's really our, he's really our father. If he's really our parent, he wouldn't just, you know, there wouldn't be, he wouldn't just create an earth for the fun of it. There would be purpose. There would be a plan. There would be some design to benefit us, to make us happy. Next, um, uh, if the concept, or the concept of an equalizing post-life or afterlife spirit world would make sense, would seem natural, where all would have the opportunities they may have missed in this world. We're not equal in this world. Some are born rich and healthy, others are born uh, sick or sad. Handicapped. Or, and and yeah. so, there's so much there, but if we believe in a parental God, it would be natural to believe this is just one chapter in our existence. We'll right. go on. And, and everyone will have the same, ultimately the same fairness, the same opportunity. Well, that gives us so much hope for those who have um, issues with their body on earth. As yeah. far as we, you have a sister who is autistic and we can't wait to see what her real what her self real, yeah, is when, yeah. when we see her on the other side. It, it just opens up whole new worlds. Next, any prejudice or bigotry or xenophobia or racial or gender bias would just flee in the light of our universal siblinghood. They'd become more spiritually curious and seek more knowledge about the parental God and his will for us. Talking about these hypothetical people who have suddenly discovered this paradigm of a parental God, they would become more spiritually curious. They couldn't help it. Next, something in them would desire to follow the divine example of marriage and oneness. Now we're getting to what we always talk about on Ayers on the Road. You, you, you would aspire, if you believed, and we know many of you listening do, in a parental God, you would aspire to be that kind of parent. You'd, you'd say, how does he parent us? Well, he gives us agency. He gives us guidance through his commandments, which now those commandments seem more like loving counsel from a wise father. You would begin to model your parenting and your marriage after what you perceive God's and our heavenly parents' oneness and marriage and parenting to be. 
And so um, keeping in mind that this is the changes, and we've been through this a little bit, the changes would happen in your mind if you really knew that this is a parental God. Yeah. Um, they would be more willing to accept the sacrifice and responsibility of having and raising children, seeing it as a God-like privilege. Boy, that, that can't be overemphasized, Linda, in a world where people aren't getting married anymore and aren't making commitments and aren't choosing not to have children and so on. If we perceive God as a parent, if someone viewed it that way, much more likely to, to want to follow that pattern himself, to make the commitments and take the responsibility of marriage and, and children. Um, next, they would play a more personal... No, pray. Oh, oh, they would pray that these people now that we're talking about, these hypothetical people who discover the parental God, they would now pray in a more personal and intimate way and have a greater hope in the kind of in the same kind of personal answers and blessings um they would feel closer to christ not only as their savior but as their spiritual elder brother boy that bears a lot of thought doesn't it honey in other words if you believe in a parental god then and we say christ is his only begotten son but we are also the children of the same god now we begin to see Christ as our incomparable elder brother, and the, the love we feel for him takes on a new dimension. Right. Next. They would feel a deeper and more familial form of gratitude to and for their parents. It really is interesting that they, we, we now can think of it as our real parents. I mean, literally, we are spiritual offspring of those parents, and it really it makes all the difference. When I mentioned this next one, they would begin to view commandments. That sounds like such a harsh, powerful, dictatorial word, commandments. They would begin to view commandments as loving counsel from a wise father who's telling us through his commandments the ways we can be happy. Yeah. And they would feel that they were participating in God's stated goal for each of us in this eternal life, which is to know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. And maybe finally, the last one that we took notes on and wrote down from this group we were with, these people who discovered this parental God paradigm would better understand their goal for us, which is that we might have joy, and they would begin to understand how this world of agency and opposition really factors into that joy. Well, that's quite a list. I mean, it does go on there, things you've probably thought of that they didn't think of, but it is an amazing thing how it changes your mind. And for me, it's given me a better picture of who I'm actually praying to when I offer prayers. It really... It has opened my mind to a lot of things that I have not thought of before. That's so powerful, honey. Imagining imagining God listening to you in the way that a good parent, a loving parent would listen. Listening with deep empathy and with compassion and with love. Right, exactly. I think that's so powerful. Um, I was thinking, Linda, years ago... um, I was asked to write a little chapter for a book, and you 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 were you participated in this, and it was a it had an interesting title. It was a book called Why I Believe, and they asked a group of people who they had selected partly because maybe we were we were somewhat each person on the list was somewhat well known, and 
and they thought it was an interesting question. Well, why do you believe? Why, why do you have faith in God? Why do you? Why are you a religious and spiritual person? What is it that makes you believe? Interesting question. And there's so many ways to answer that question, right? And I remember thinking about it. And wh- why did I believe? Why was I all in? Why was I? Why did my 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 faith? somehow end up winning out over my doubts because we all have doubts we all have insecurities we all have places where we don't know if we believe or not and i asked myself that being asked to write this little section in the book made me really think and i i, I considered a lot of things you know i i, I believe because of the feeling i have for jesus i believe because of um the answers I've felt to my prayers. I believe because um, I, 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 something in me, there's deja vu. I think I'm more than just a, a, a genetic combination of my parents and so on. A lot of those things went through my mind. But when I was forced to ask that question, and I remember you and I talking about it, that maybe the, the most encompassing reason why we believe why we are believers, why we are people of faith, is because of this concept of family, that, that, that heaven is a family place, that, that we are children of God, that he is our parent, and that this whole question of life revolves around family, and that that would help us to have powerful families. And that's what I ended up writing about. And you remember that. And that was kind of a yeah, breakthrough for us. Yeah, it was a long us. time ago, but it really was good to sit and think about it. I think we all need to just ponder this. You know, why do we believe? Why do we believe? And because we're so invested in family, obviously that is our main reason. Um, everybody would have uh, different things because of their background, because of where they came from, because of their own family experience. There are a lot of single a lot of single people in the world who uh, don't have families yet, and so they would. But they, but correct, but correction, Linda. We we say that, and then we need to correct ourselves. They don't have families. Well, they're all part of. We are yeah. all. Everyone is a child of parents oh, on true. this earth. True. Everyone is an uncle or an aunt or a brother or a sister. Oh, true. Or, How many times have, have people come up after speech as saying, well, I don't have a family. <laughs> we know what they mean, but like, whoa, really, where did you come from? Yeah. <laughs> we all have families, it's true. Well, you know, but I'm glad you brought that up, Linda, because that's the, the one thing I love about the concept of a parental God who we try to emulate, Right. We have this wonderful uh, member of the First Presidency of our church, Elder Oaks, who said it so beautifully, I think, many years, several years ago, he said, our theology starts with heavenly parents. Now think of that, starts with it. In other words, everything starts, that's where it begins, with heavenly parents, and then all of the things unfold from there. And then the second part of his, the second sentence was, our highest aspiration is to become like them. Well, now, that's a long-range aspiration. We don't have to say to ourselves, oh, I'm, I'm single, or I'm not married, or I can't do this, or I can't be like God. Th- these are eternal goals. This goes on forever. Yes. And wherever we are in our journey, whether we're single or married, whether we're divorced, whether we're trying to 
regenerate or resuscitate our marriage or whether we're trying to be better parents. The bottom line is we're trying to become more like that parental God over time, over eternity. Over time. And I keep saying, I have said my whole life, life is long. When you realize all that's happened in your life, people say life is short. Actually, life is long. A lot happens here, but wow, eternity that's, is that's really, really long. long. <laughs> Thank goodness. We have we've got a so long far to go. time to get where we want to go and think of what's happened to us now. Think of what could happen in the future. It's limitless. Thanks for joining us on Ours on the Road. And just a little teaser, next week we're going to go to the heart of this idea of a parental God and talk about Jesus Christ, the son of that parental God, who is the one we should worship and emulate. So we hope to see you then. Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.